We're about to make history, each and every one of you. We use the word revolution because this is a revolution. I am NXT, and I'm not going anywhere. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Bro. This is an official declaration of war tonight to anyone wants to get in my way and anybody who stands in AEW's way. We are NXT! This is what you call Paradigm shift. Hello and welcome to the WWE versus AEW podcast. Now at the bottom it says WWE versus AEW live, but today we're not live. And um, basically last week, so when you do, right? I know that's a bit of a random start to show, but when you do a podcast live, so you stream it through something. So I'm with Streamyard, right? And it automatically uploads it to YouTube. And so it streams live on YouTube, and then what happens is it takes like 10, 12 hours sometimes to appear onto YouTube, which is pretty fucking annoying, to be honest with you. Do you know what I mean? It's like 2021. We pay, I pay for StreamYard, a monthly subscription of like 20 quid a month. Should just come up. But apparently it didn't. The first time I ever did a live podcast, I spent hours trying to figure out why, and then I found out, oh, it just takes that long sometimes. So last week, do you know what I mean? Last week's podcast, which... <laughs> Never appeared on YouTube, so it was live on YouTube, live on Periscope, yeah, but it's I'm the only person who can view it, yeah, it's not actually in the my upload section of YouTube, which is pretty annoying, so I thought this week, I'm just like, I'm not going to take a chance on it, I'm just going to not do the show live and then just upload it myself manually, because as I've said before, do you know what I mean, that our podcast is genuinely audio, it's been audio for a few years, so most of our listeners are audio, yeah, so I'm trying to convert to streaming live on YouTube, and it's like, it doesn't help if YouTube are actually uploading your videos, do you know what I mean, so you put all that effort in, you plan the show, whatever, I'm not, I got my violin out in a second, but it's pretty annoying, especially when you're like, you're paying money, for. I know it's StreamYard, but... I don't know, so I'm gonna give it a try. I'm gonna give it another try in a week, but I wanted to get this week's episode um, onto YouTube. So yeah, <laughs> when I'm done complaining, we will get um, into the rest. And on this week's show, we're gonna be talking about um, well Sunday's show. It seems like ages ago now. Takeover Vengeance Day. Um, we'll be talking about that, and we'll be talking about last night's um, AEW Dynamite show. But we've got, we had a big weekend before we get into that. I mean, let's take a rewind back to last Friday night. What a beautiful night it was. Any of our listeners of Blackburn fans, your boys took one hell of a beating. Well, not quite, but we came to your own patch as we normally do, and Preston came out. 2 1 winners over Plastic Bastard Rovers. In what was, in the end, a pretty comfortable victory when it's normally the case at Ewood Park. But, yeah, we got our vengeance back. Pardon the pun for um, the loss against 10 men. You, Blackman, the only time Blackman have beat us in the last, like, eight or nine fixtures was when we had 10 men um, back in November. So, yeah, super Chad Evans up front smashing it. Um, but then we got beat on Tuesday. But 
we got the win in the big Lancashire derby. Um, but yeah, myself, it's been, I've, I feel like this week there's not actually been much wrestling news. I was trying to work out if maybe that's because I've not been like, oh, you might have noticed I've not really been that quite active on Twitter um, this week. Basically, I avoided um, all the spoilers for the NXT show mon- on Sunday night, so I wasn't on Twitter Monday because I didn't want to... I wasn't going to stay up till like half three in the morning for an NXT show that didn't have much build going in. I hadn't watched much of the build myself. So I thought I'll just watch that after work on Monday. So I avoid social media on Monday. Tuesday was my little girl's fifth birthday. Um, there was also um, a death in the family um, that... I'm not going to get into that, you don't want to hear about that, but yeah, someone passed away, unfortunately, she was a, a lovely woman on Tuesday on my little girl's birthday, it was Amelia's um, great-grandma, um, unfortunately, she's a lovely woman, so yeah, that, that was pretty upsetting, and um, yeah, and then yesterday was, I don't know, yesterday, I, last night, I had a few beers, and I, do you know what, because like, if you listen to the podcast in the summer, you would have heard me like, oh, I was out this weekend, out getting smashed, do you know what I mean? Like all people in the 20s during this pandemic. But in the UK, do you know what I mean? Everything was reopened in the summer. Um, but last night I had, someone came around and I had two, three beers, yeah, and one shot. Three beers and one shot, right? I went to bed about half 12, one o'clock. Alarm goes this morning at quarter past six. Whew. Boy, was I feeling ropey. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not getting out of bed this morning. I'm not doing it. And I thought, oh, I've got some new customers, some new houses to do to this morning. So, yeah, I had to get up. I had to get out of bed and get on with it. And then this annoys me. Well, so someone was... They, I got an email yesterday from um, the landlords. Well, whoever, like, looks after the flat or whatever, whatever company it is. Oh, someone's coming around to do an electric check. So I thought, for fuck's sake, it's my wrestling day Thursday. I work a couple of hours on a Thursday morning. Then I come home, I watch Dynamite, I might watch uh, NXT. I'll um, plan the show and then record the show. And I thought, well, that ruins my plans. Thank an, an electric safety check is more important than this podcast, apparently. What a lot of bollocks. So, went up to my mum's, took my laptop, looked, connected it all up to her TV, watched Dynamite. And I come back to the flat for... They said they'd be a anytime between nine and five and I thought I can't be bothered being here I'd cleaned the flat made it all nice and tidy um last night I get an email at quarter to four this afternoon oh it's been changed your electric your electric safety check's been changed to next Thursday anytime between nine and five so now I've got to go and do the exact same thing I did this week back up to my mum's taking the laptop watching dynamite I have to do that next week the same things I've done this week it annoys me so much stuff like that when people don't do. Why? Do you know what I mean? It was short notice as it was to say, oh, we're coming tomorrow to do an electric check. Let alone, do you know what I mean? To then not show up. It's pissed me off a bit, to be honest. But whatever. I guess these things happen. But yeah. So that's been my week. A life in my, um, a story in my week. But yeah, it's been, feels like quite a hectic week. Seems a long time ago. A long time ago um, since we went 1-0 up at Blackburn on friday night but yeah so let's get into the show really so what else did we do last week last weekend it was it wasn't like a massive wrestling weekend but i certainly watched some shows there was no surrender the impact show i didn't watch i watched two matches from that i watched the private party match so if anyone didn't know because i'm pretty sure they didn't let you know on dynamite this past week private party didn't win the impact tag team titles and the good brothers retained and thanks to some tomfoolery uh, so yeah, the Good Brothers retained the titles, and then the, the main event was the thing, I didn't even know this match was taking place, I don't watch Impact regularly, 
or if at all, to be honest with you. But it was Tommy Dreamer on his 50th birthday. Yeah, that's true. Tommy Dreamer was chasing the Impact title on his 50th birthday. It was a nice little story, to be fair. So Tommy Dreamer took on Rich Swan, And I mean, Dreamer's not like the best worker. Well, at 50 years old, he's like carrying a bit of weight, obviously. Beatings from years ago. But I thought he put in a good performance. Rich Swan helped. Rich Swan's really, really great wrestler. Really good. And um, they, yeah, they had a decent little match in the main event. Obviously, Rich Swan retained the title. And then Moose came out and attacked both of them. But that was an enjoyable match. I thought the match was all right. If you're looking for a star ratings on it, probably like 3.25 to 3.5, something like that. It, it was a good match. You should go and watch it. I enjoyed it. Um, we also had the Bloodsport show. Bloodsport, um, if you've never watched Bloodsport, sort of like, it's like a, sh- a worked shoot sort of style. Do you know what I mean? If you picture it, it's a mixture between wrestling, well, between, like, say, sports entertainment, wrestling and MMA. And it, it's good. It's good. It's not, you don't get any, like, work, like mu- I'm not going to be like, oh, you must go and check out this match. I mean, there has been odd ones. There's been about four or five of them along the way. I think Osprey and Riddle had a match. We had Suzuki against Josh Barnett. Um, and that was a great match at WrestleMania weekend a few years ago. But um, the show, it was good. It was it, it was an hour and a half, an hour and a half, the show. Um, so it is worth going to check out. They're doing another show this Saturday. So if you're like bored this weekend, like most people are, because we can't do anything, then Bloodsport are having a show. Um, I think it's 1 a.m. UK time, so whatever, work that out for our American listeners. Be like, what, 8 p.m. Saturday night for you guys. Um, so yeah, the big main event for that show is Moxley versus Davy Boy Smith. I mean, I don't Davy Boy Smith. You know what I mean, he's been. It feels like he's been around forever, but Moxley's taking on him, so I'm sure that'll be. It'll be fine, won't it? Um, but yeah, if it's an hour and a half show, it's in a really nice setting as well. It's like a dingy, like little warehouse underground style. It is really well presented. The presentation of the show was really good. The production of the show was really good, and it made for a fun hour and a half. So. I'd probably go and check it out if I was you. I did. I did enjoy Bloodspot. Now, I'll be watching the show this week, so that tells you everything you need to really know. Now, usually we run through a bit of news, and I don't really feel like there's actually any huge news. Like, last week there was loads of, like, news stories, but there's not actually that much, really, to talk about. Like, I don't know. I've got in my notes, like, for me, and I found out that Joey Janelle is doing his spring break um, on WrestleMania weekend. So that weekend's going to be, there's all the indies doing everything, aren't they? But the Friday night is Joey Janela's spring break, and it's in the Cuban Club. I had tickets for the show for last year. Um, so I'm gutted about that because I was looking for the Cuban Club did look like a great venue. I was looking at it on Google Maps, loads of bars there around it to go in, a few pints. So that would have been. That would have been good to go to that. Um, but unfortunately, I won't be. I will be sat here in this room, probably recording a podcast, reviewing it for you guys. So, yeah, I'd much sooner be in Tampa. But thanks to COVID, we cannot fly anywhere. But I'll be there in Dallas next year, bringing, bringing you all the coverage from there. Um, so, yeah, that like I say, there was not really any big... Unless I'm forgetting something. I mean, like I say, I've not been active on Twitter this week. But I've been listening to, like, odd bits of wrestling podcasts this week. I feel like there hasn't actually been a lot of news. And um, There was a big Noah show last week, which I haven't watched. I watched all the New Japan shows, which I think I watched last week's podcast. I did before the Ibushi Sonada match. Why is Sonada... Sonada should not be main eventing for New Japan at all, the guy, he just, I've got more charisma than Sonada, I always say, I'd hate to go out for a pint with Sonada, do you know what I mean, couldn't think of anything worse, and yeah, this match was no good, it was no good, 
So, yeah, you don't really need to watch anything from New Japan from last weekend. The Castle sh castle Attack shows and next weekend, so we'll be previewing that on next week's show. Um, and then was... And now, on this podcast, I've been accused of not being the biggest WWE fan. But, in a minute, after, we've, after I've had a nice little slurp of my can of pop, we're going to be talking about NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. Cheers. We're on Pepsi Max Cherry. Fresh as a daisy, this. It's freezing. <sighs> beautiful, beautiful. Shout out to Danny for getting me on the Pepsi Max Cherries. Great audio as ever. Everyone who's like tuning in on Apple Podcast now, keep listening. We're going to be talking wrestling. It's not all going to be hearing me slurp on a Pepsi Max cherry. Um, but yeah, so let's get into TakeOver Vengeance Day. Now, going into it, a lot of people, including myself, although I don't know why I was bitching about the build because I didn't watch any of the build, but it's what we do as wrestling fans, isn't it? But from what I heard, the build was pretty much... Not great for this. There wasn't much hype going into it. It was a case, of, yet again, of, oh, there's a takeover this weekend. I mean, did we... I don't even know if I previewed the show last weekend. That's a little excitement there was going into it. But, got to give it to him. I thought this show was brilliant. I really, really enjoyed the show. Um, I wasn't expecting to. I really... Oh, excuse me. It was a bit like... On Monday, I was like, oh, I'll have to watch the NXT show. Then I thought, well, Balor against Pete Dunne, Kushida Gargano, they should be pretty good matches. So I'll give it a go. And the show, I just, I just thought it was a brilliant show. I mean, I've got three four-star matches. I hate to go back to star ratings, but it is what it is. We all, as wrestling fans, we all know what. It's just easier if I can throw a star rating at it. It says, be like, you know what I think of the match. And it was, so three out of five matches to be four-star or above is great. Now, the opener, the opener was Dakota Kai versus, I mean, Dakota Kai teaming with Raquel Gonzalez versus Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Now, I know a lot of people love the men's Dusty Classics final. I actually preferred the women's match. A lot of people were saying the men's match was match of the night. And I did like the men's match, but I thought this woman's, the woman's one, I just thought it was brilliant. I mean... He was just working at 100 mile an hour. There was crazy spots, non-stop action. I just thought it was why it just went over 15 minutes. And I was like, I don't know. So I'm sat there. I just finished work Monday. And on Monday, I did a lot of window cleaning. I had to try and get it. So I had a shorter week, obviously, with my little girl's birthday on the Tuesday. So I was tired come Monday night. I was tired. I think I, I think, did I go on a run Monday night? Yeah, I went, on, I went on about a six-mile run Monday night. I was running around the park round near me, listening to Joe Ro Undertaker on Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, so I was a tired tired boy Monday night. So I sat there with my cinnamon bun latte. And yeah, this I was thinking, oh, can I really bother sitting through two and a half hours of NXT? And then this within five minutes of this match, I was like, yeah, I can be bothered with this. It was just a really, really good match. Dakota Kai... She's like a different wrestler, isn't she, from the from the girl who was facing, um, getting squashed by Shayna Baszler two, three years ago on NXT TV. Raquel Gonzalez looks really good. She's going to be a big star if they handle her right. Shotzi Blackheart, they're a big, they like her. Ember Moon, Ember Moon looked good in this match as well. Um, and it was just really good action. I mean, Dakota and Raquel did get the win. And I think from, although I say I've been tuning in and out of NXT, I do think it was the right decision there, like an established act, 
whereas I'm, I'm not sure if Shotzi and Ember going forward will be. Um, so yeah, they're going to get the shot at Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I'm not quite sure when it'll happen. I was hoping that they'd add it to um, Elimination Chamber on Sunday, but I've not heard any mention of that. One little thing that I did want to comment, I've got it in my notes, and I did want to touch on this. So, it, it annoys me, and I don't know if it should, because some of the greats do it. Okada does it, yeah? But he doesn't do it all the time. It's my pet peeve when wrestlers who are taking the pin go like this towards the ref, and they watch the ref count. Do you know what I mean? I just don't like it. I don't like it. It To me, you can look at it, and you know they're going to kick out. Like, there was times in this match, so I don't, I'm not actually trained to know what each wrestler's finishing move is. I don't watch that much of them anymore. So I'm thinking the match is over, and I'm looking at Raquel Gonzalez, who felt like she was kicking out of everything. And she's staring at the ref, and not in a way that's like she's looking. She's literally, like, waiting. You can see her looking, waiting to kick out, and it's just like, no, you don't need to do that. Get a Kenta Miyahara match on. Kenta Miyahara is a great example. He never looks at the ref when he's taking a pin, and you don't know if he's kicking out. So it's a little pet peeve, but I don't want to take away from the match. I thought, hopefully, Raquel learns with experience. She's very inexperienced at this level. But, as I say, the match. Four, I went four stars now. I thought it was great. I loved it. I think I was the high person on this. I've not seen too much praise for it. I think it might have got lost in the shuffle of the other matches. But this was great. Great match, and I loved this match. Um, next, we had Johnny Gagano defeating, defeating Kushida for, to retain the NXT North American title. Thought Kushida was going to win this. I mean, he's been in NXT now for a what? He got signed January 2019, so he's been there for like just over two years. Probably made his debut, maybe like I think he was on that show. He faced Tanahashi, didn't he? Um, at the end of January 2019, so he probably only made his debut like what 20 months ago. But I feel like it's been stop start for Kushida. He's not really been given. I didn't, didn't think he was a good fit for NXT anyway when he signed. He was never the most charismatic. He was a bit. A bit harsh calling him, a bit like Sonata, but he wasn't like the most char- the most charismatic guy. I didn't really think he was a good fit for WWE, but he looked good in that Velveteen Dream match at the TakeOver a few months ago. Um, but in this match, he was great. I mean, Johnny Gargano, some people I hear saying they don't like him anymore. They think it's a bit overdone, but I think this guy, this guy is great, he's great, no matter what you think, Gargano, he pulls out great matches all the time, I mean, I prefer him, uh, as, as the signal goes on the stream, you don't have to sort this out, seriously, I've got great Wi-Fi in this flat, so it annoys me when, like, do you know what I mean, when they're saying, like, it's coming up now on the stream, that the Wi-Fi's got two bars, but I'm looking at it, four bars on my, it pisses me off, I do that much streaming in this flat as well, and it never, I never get any problems with it. And then you come on here and it does. But anyway, so back to Johnny Gargano. Yeah, Johnny Gargano is great. He's great. He's had some, just some, I mean, some of the matches he's had in NXT are just great. I prefer him as a babyface, as I was alluding to. But he does do a good job with his heel act. But at the same time, it's like, the best babyfaces you can think of, Daniel Bryan, Johnny Gargano. WWE always have to turn them heel. And it's like, you've got a great babyface. Just fucking go with it. Do you know what I mean? Johnny Gargano is a babyface. I'm sorry. I know it. he's better off as a babyface. They just like Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was proper getting over as a babyface. They turn him in. And then you'll get people on Twitter when you're complaining about Daniel Bryan, about Sami Zayn, about Johnny Gargano being ba- being healed. Sorry. 
You get people like, oh, they're doing really well as heels. And it's like, yeah, they are. Because they're great, but they'd be a lot better as a babyface. This company's screaming out for the next top babyface. And people will be like, oh, Johnny Gargano's too small to be the next top babyface. People said that about Daniel Bryan, he main evented WrestleMania, right? Size doesn't matter, overness does. And three years ago, Johnny Gargano was the hottest babyface in this company when he was facing Andrade Cian Almas. I'm not going to call him Andrade because his name will always, to me, be Andrade Cian Almas, La Sombre, if you're New Japan fans. But it just annoys me when you have, like, magic in a bottle. Why do you have to turn it heel? They just, they, as soon as someone gets over as a face, they'll turn the bastard's heel. And then when the babyface doesn't get over, like Roman Reigns, they'll keep him babyface for years. But, hey, it is what it is, isn't it? It is what it is. But, yeah, going back to this match, I just thought it was great. They wrestled great. They had great chemistry, I think. It, is it the first time? No, they've wrestled, I think, building up to the show. But it's the first time I've seen them one-on-one. And I thought they just had great chemistry. I'd be happy to see another match between the two. Um, I was surprised there was no interference. I know Dexter Loomis sort of, like kidnapped Austin Theory or whatever, but I was surprised that Indy and um, Candice didn't get involved. But, no, I, I couldn't really work it out why. I've heard other people mention this, but at the time I was thinking, it's strange that heel Johnny Gargano is beating the hard-ass motherfucking babyface Kushida. Which I thought it was weird. Like, he beat him clean. Is there any need for another match? Like, it's the, it's the secondary title in NXT. Kushida's like a big name in NXT, to me is at least, and to like, I don't know, fans who watch other things apart from WWE, Kushida's a big name, why is he losing clean for the secondary title, just a bit strange, because I thought he might have won, but these two did have a great match, would like to see him wrestle again, but I'm not sure if we are going to actually see that, but I just thought Kushida looked stupid, he beat the shit out of Johnny Gargano, but then to go and lose was just a bit like... I think it was two final beats in the end that did it, but hey, great match, another four-star match, so you've got a show, yeah, with two four-star matches opening it, you can't grumble, can you, I mean, and another thing that I would say about this, I think this show didn't lose a lot from not having fans, and the NXT TakeOver crowds are always great, like in main arenas back before COVID, but I did think they did a good job with the atmosphere, I mean, I'd watched New Japan, I'd watched Bloodsport, I'd watched Impact to this point, so then to go from that to watch this, I really appreciated the effect of the crowd, I mean, there wasn't many of them, but it was just, they've got the, um, what the fuck are they called, the fucking Thunderdome people, the Black Mirror people behind, you did have like the uh, fan, the plants or whatever, are they plants, are they plants or not, I don't know, but the fans ringside banging on the windows, and I did think it added to it, some people have seen complain about it, but I did think it added to the show. Um, next, we had the match that a lot of people I saw thought was the match of the night. For me, it wasn't, but it was still a very good match. And it was MSK, formerly known as the Rascals, against Liverpool's own Zach Gibson and James Drake. Zach Gibson, did you watch the Leicester game, mate? Your lads took one hell of a beating. The title, Jurgen Klopp, it's all falling apart. I'm making the most of it. It's great to see. You love to see it, don't you? The demise of Liverpool FC. Um, but yeah, um, anyway, back to the match, so MSK defeated Gibson and Drake, Gibson and Drake lost in the final of the Men's Dusty Classic last year, so I thought maybe they'll win it this year, but no, they went all the way with the Rascals, MSK, that's going to take some getting used to, um, but yeah, the MSK looked great in this match, it was really, it, it was a good, it was a very good match, I went three and a half stars on it, just didn't think it was 
quite on the level of the other two. I think I think the problem was the women's match came first. So then this was a very similar work match, I thought. So it was it didn't live up to the women's match for me. That was just my personal opinion. Some great moments of the match. I mean, I, I think Gibson and Drake are great. Um MSK are great, but the, the at the end the doomsday device to the outside was amazing. Um, but yeah, since like ages ago that I watched, so this was a really good match. Um, and MSK win. They've only debuted what like a month, six weeks ago, and they're already dusty classic winners. So they will be. They announced. Um, I think on this week's NXT, I read somewhere earlier today that the winners of the um, tournaments are going to get title shots on March the third. So going head to head with um, Cody versus Shaq match, what well, the tag team match. So they're trying to do that. So yeah. Um, they're trying to get a rating from that, aren't they? Now, next. Now, this is the only, for me, negative on the show. It was Io Shirai retaining her NXT Women's title against Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. Now, as I said, I've not been watching NXT TV, but going into it, I was like, I wonder why Miss, like, Mercedes Martinez is in this match. And even from watching the video package, first minute of the video package, like it made me want to see the Io Tony Storm match. And then randomly Mercedes Martinez for no reason was added to it. Was unnecessary. She didn't need it to be added into it. It should have just been Io Shirai versus Tony Storm. Um, the story's made there. They faced off, didn't they, in the... Um, what, what was it? The I don't know. They faced off in the final or something. A women's match at Evolution. I can't think. What, what's the tournament called? I'm completely losing my mind. The women's tournament they had. I can't remember what it was called. Whatever. Um, top class journalism here. But... Um, it, if I could even claim to be that, but the match, it just, I don't know, it was just, it should have been one-on-one, the, the action was fine, they had the spot where Tony's about to, um, I think, put EO through the announce table, something like that, and she takes the top, and I've never seen this before, she takes the top of the announce table off, and I don't know why they do that spot, anyway, I know it makes it safer, but why would you want to make it safer for your opponent, kayfabe-wise, but she takes the top off, and the table just collapses, and for a second, you can just see she's looking, thinking, oh shit, what am I going to do, but whatever they had, whatever they had planned sort of failed, I think it was going to end up with um, either her or Mercedes being on the table, Eel Shirai was going to jump up to the top on the pole and dive through the announce table on him, but instead, she had to take that bump to the floor, um, I think it was to the floor, um, so yeah, so that was the only big thing in the match, and it was like, Tony had Mercedes Martinez beat, but it, it was the typical WWE finish, you know what I mean, like where Triple H hits a pedigree on John Cena at WrestleMania 24, or whatever, Randy Orton throws him out of the ring and gets the pin himself, so he sneaks the pin, and it was pretty much like that, Tony Storm hits a finisher on Mercedes Martinez, or whatever, Io Shirai does a moonsault onto Tony and Mercedes, steals the pin, and it just had me feeling, was that it? Then the match was just like, oh, was that it? So yeah, it was a little bit, a little bit disappointing. I never really had high hopes this match anyway. But the women do usually deliver. Io Shirai, Io Shirai's got a great catalog of women's um, title matches on these takeovers, and this was definitely the weakest of them. As I say, it had me feeling at the end like, was that it? Um, so I went two point seven five stars on that match. So I, for me, it didn't even make the three star range. Um, but yeah, Io Shirai retains the title, and they're going to have to give us this singles match. Hopefully they add it to WrestleMania. If they're not going to do a takeover at WrestleMania weekend, maybe they will on the Friday. But if they're not, for me, just, 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 just shove it on WrestleMania. Io Shirai versus Tony Storm at WrestleMania. Great, shove it on the card. Uh, main event time. The Battle of Britain, is where Barrett dubbed it. Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne. Now, can't believe Pete Dunne took all this time to get his shot. 
main event in. I think looking at, like stepping away from the match, I think this was just to see, right, is Pete done worthy? Although it was a no-brainer for me, but right, we're gonna give you the chance to main event and take over Pete and let's see what you can do with it. Do you fit into the slot fine? Do you look out of place there? The answer is no, he did not look out of place there. Pete Dunne was great in this match. For me, I was rooting for him to win the belt. I really wanted him to win the belt. Um, and yeah, I was, it, it was just... The match itself was a tale of two halves. It was like the first half of the match, it was a bit like... Oh, it was a bit like a New Japan main event from years ago. Where it was like, oh, it was all right. It's all right, yeah. I was, And then it's, it's getting on. I'm thinking, like, come on, let's pick up the pace, lads. And then the last 10 minutes were... Crazy! The match was just really kicked off, and then we had—I don't know—Dunn's just demolishing Balor's fingers, and then the trading submissions. It was just it trading submissions. They were just trading next year. It was—it was obviously the match was days ago, but it was just great. I absolutely loved the match. Um, we had Finn Balor kicking out of a bitter end. I'm not sure if anyone's actually kicked out of a bitter end to this day. As soon as he hit the bitter end, I was like, "It's over." Because Pete Dunne does protect that finishing move. But Balor kicks out. Um, but it gets to the point where Pete Dunne's destroying his fingers that much. I'm thinking, Pete Dunne might actually win this match. Rooting for him, but no. Coup de Gras, which used to just be his finish. But now he goes for the 1916 after the Coup de Gras. And yeah, Finn Balor retains the title. I'm not the biggest Finn Balor fan. Do think he's a tad overrated. But he has he's had a pretty good run on in NXT. Um, he had a like, really good match with Kyle, two really good matches with Kyle O'Reilly, and then um, this match was great, I went four stars again on this match, really good match, and yeah, for me, this was just a really, really, really good match, definitely worth seeing, this whole show was two and a half hours, so go out of your way to watch it if you've not seen it, I'm sure most of you have by now, we even, to top off the show, icing on the cake, we get... Um, Pete Dunn and his lads are beating down Finn Balor, undisputed, come and make the save. They pose with Balor at the end. Adam Cole super kicks Finn Balor, and then he super kicks Kyle O'Reilly. And the split of undisputed era finally, after all these years, happens out of nowhere for me. So yeah, that was like a big ending. It made me want to watch NXT this week, which I did watch the first ten minutes of, but that was it. Um, but yeah, it was. This was great. This was definitely their best takeover since the pandemic hit. And yeah, really, it was the best takeover takeover since the one last February that had um, Champer and Cole in the main event. Where did Gargano come out and interfere in it? Maybe um, was that last year? Uh, we had Keith Lee versus um, Donovan Dijakovic, Donovan Dijak, whatever. T Bar. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a great show last year, weren't it? I loved that show. That was actually when Raquel Gonzalez debuted, if you remember, during the Dakota Kai um, match. But, yeah, so a great NXT takeover. And I love the show. Brilliant show. So, yeah, takeover is back to delivering. First of the year, let's hope they carry on whenever they decide to do the next one. Um, we're going to get into reviewing Dynamite in a minute. I'm going to have another swig of Coke. Sorry, audio listeners. I'm, quite, audio, I'm gonna praise you while you like thinking. Why is this guy praising all our listeners on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Apple Podcasts? Couldn't spit out then. Really appreciate it. With the downloads we're doing at the moment, seem to be increasing by week. So I just want to say thanks for everyone for tuning in. While I have a sip of this coke and give you some horrible audio for ten seconds. Ah, the perks of running your own podcast. Glad I'm not like 
on a network or something where that would be frowned upon. So yeah, we'll, 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 I don't want to go into reviewing one show straight into reviewing another. So we'll just talk about what we've got coming up this weekend. Big wrestling weekend this weekend. Um, we've got the SmackDown Friday night, obviously Elimination Chamber Sunday. We've got New Japan, New Beginning USA night one, which is headlined by ELP versus uh, Leo Rush. Bloodsport. So I'm just going to, as I say, I was talking about, we've got Progress returning on the WWE Network, but, excuse me, um, I'll just quickly read through the Bloodsport card um, for anyone. I definitely recommend people check the show out. I mean, I know it's a niche. I'm not sure how many of our listeners watch Bloodsport, but I watch it. Go and give it a go. I mean, the card is John Moxley versus Davey Boy Smith Jr. That'll be good. Jeff Cobb versus Tom Lawler. Looking forward to seeing that. JR Kratos versus Dickinson. Dirty Daddy. That'll be good. Rocky Romero versus Simon Grimm. Alex Coglin versus Royce Isaacs. So that's four to five really good looking matches there. Cal Jack versus Super Beast. Calvin Tankman versus Nolan Edward. Bad Dude Tito versus Calder McCall. So. There's eight matches there, and on paper, trust me, I know most of these guys, and I watched a lot of them last week. That'll be a good show. Now, the matches, you're thinking you don't want to be sat watching 15... A lot of these matches are only five to six minutes. They're really... really, Just check the show out, trust me. Do yourself a favour. I'll probably watch the New Japan show as well. But, I mean, I was going to do an Elimination Chamber preview, um, but don't really seem like much point. We only know actually two to three matches. I mean, the card at the moment is the SmackDown Chamber, obviously. The winner of that face is Roman later in the night. I mean, I might come back on Saturday and do another little podcast previewing this show, but just quickly, the SmackDown Chamber, I mean, the winner faces Roman. I can only see it being Cesaro or Daniel Bryan. It's going to be one of those two. Cesaro did that promo. If you've not seen it, go and check it out on Talking Smack this week. Um, he did that promo, and I think, I, I pretty much, if I was a betting man, I'd put money on Cesaro to win the Chamber, and then go up against Roman Reigns, and they'll try and get him over in defeat. They'll try and get Cesaro over in eventual defeat, just like they did with Kofi Kingston um, two years ago at the Chamber. So yeah, that is my prediction for the SmackDown Chamber. Cesaro wins to go on to lose to Roman. The Raw Chamber, Drew McIntyre can't see anything but him retaining Sheamus obviously won the main event of Raw, the um, gauntlet match this week. We had Kofi Kingston replacing the Miz, so that is one slight change to the Raw chamber. I don't know if Keith Lee is able to wrestle on... I've heard the news that he might not be able to wrestle on the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, so that could turn the potential Lashley versus Riddle um, versus Keith Lee match into maybe a singles match. We'll see there. Lacey Evans versus Oscar. I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, Lacey Evans pregnant... Woo! To Ric Flair. He was buzzing, weren't he? Bless him. Oh, it's not to Ric Flair, but she is pregnant for real in real life. They're using that into the story. Obviously, they had Charlotte versus Lacey all mapped out in advance from WrestleMania. Now that can't happen. I bet Vince is pulling his hair out. Becky getting pregnant ruined all his plans post-Mania last year, and then his plans going into this year's Mania got ruined as well. I don't want to get slaughtered, but in knowing what Vince is like in his head, he will be thinking, this is why I can't put full trust in the women. Because if they fall pregnant, which a lot of women are going to want to do in their early 30s, it's just a, they're out of action for like 18 months. Do you know what I mean? So, he, he, I don't know. This is probably why you're going to get 
Charlotte thrown into Becky versus Ronda matches. Becky left to to have a kid. Ronda left to try and have a kid. Now Lacey Evans is leaving to have a kid. He'll be pulling his hair out. I mean, it's normal to us in the real world, but Vince will be like, God damn it, they, they should be concentrating on wrestling. Who, who cares about having a kid? Because I don't like Shane. <laughs> Flipping it. That tweet was amazing. Do you remember that where he wished? I can't think who it was. He wished someone a happy birthday. Put like a big essay about what a great man they were. And then when it was his own son's birthday, it was just happy birthday, Shane McMahon. That was one of the greatest of all time tweets, that. Um, so, yeah, so that's really the change. Not much to really talk about. Hopefully, we're going to get some more matches on SmackDown. If I'm feeling in the mood Saturday, I'll give a quick Elimination Chamber preview. So, maybe check out for that in your feeds. If SmackDown's terrible, don't expect one. But, yeah, this weekend, we've got... I mean, my plan is I'll watch SmackDown on Saturday morning in the UK. Um, Cardiff North End Saturday afternoon. And then the Progress Show is, I think it's... Is it 8 p.m. UK time? So, that'll be like 3 o'clock in the afternoon for you in... On in the eastern side of the states, um, so yeah, I'm gonna watch the progress show. There's a few like you, I want to check out some of the younger guys that might be coming through the UK scene and that I've heard quite a lot about who are on this show. It's a natural progression show, so it is gonna be like some of the younger people. Um, but it is gonna be interesting to see progress live on the WWE Network. I'm gonna give it a watch. I've been to a few programs. I'm not the biggest progress fan, but I did go to a few of the shows back in the day. So yeah, I will be giving. Um, I'll be giving that a go. I'll probably be watching that on Saturday. So I might do even do a recap after that, depending what happens Saturday. Um, we've got Bloodsport, obviously, middle of the night. Saturday, I'll probably watch that Sunday. We've got a decent-looking UFC show um, early Sunday morning. And then, obviously, Elimination Chamber um, on Sunday night. I don't know if it's a stay up or not. I mean... I- it's a big job in it. I mean, it starts at midnight over in the UK. It'll finish about quarter past three. Probably be on Twitter for about half an hour after it. So I'll be going to bed about quarter to four. And I'll be getting up at like eight o'clock the next morning. Big job, big job. See how I feel on Sunday. See how I feel on Sunday. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of wrestling on this weekend. So if you're trying to get through another... It's all right, everyone in the States. You're all right, you beer drinkers, you can go to the pub and have a pint, me, I'm stuck in this flat, recording podcasts for you, I want to be out there, I live in pretty much the city centre, I want to be out there, having a few beers with my friends, don't know how lucky you are, we've got, we're looking at May I think, I think they're doing like a plan where basically schools will go back middle of March, they're trying to open up like even non-essential retail by then, because we're still, in. we've been in the UK, we've been in lockdown, basically, might as well have been for like, since no, the start of November, pretty much November the 5th, we've pretty much been in the lockdown. Um, but yeah, absolute fucking nightmare. I can't wait. This summer, I'm going to go off the fucking rails. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, that's my life. Um, where was he even going? So yeah, a big weekend of wrestling that'll get us through another weekend till we get closer to summer, closer to the Euros, closer to just hopefully a bit more normality. Um, so yeah, that's the weekend. Let's wrap up by talking about AEW Dynamite. I'm not going to go for the fizzy pop. I'm going to have a bit of Volvic. Let's just call it orange and pineapple cordial. <sighs> Dynamite. So I watched it today at my mum's house because of this electric safety guy that never came. Show opens up with them. Um, Hangman teaming up with Matt Hardy, taking on TH2. It was a quick match. It was all right. It was nothing to write home about. It was just 
he was trying to get to the angle afterwards. Uh, Matt Hardy's the one who actually gets the pinfall with uh, a twist of fate and Angelico. Angelico really took the twist of fate well. They really sold it well. Bumped really well for it. Um, they show the footage from last week where Hangman switched the contracts. Um, and basically what is... The, the gist of it is what the angle was building for. We're getting Hangman versus Matt at Revolution because Hangman swapped the contract. Paige gets 100% of Matt Hardy's earnings for the first quarter of this year. He then gets goaded into putting that on the line um, to Matt Hardy. So basically, whoever wins that match gets a quarter, gets the full amount of the first quarter of the wages for the opposite opponent. Um, we get the Jacksonville mascot out, um, which is Isaiah Cassidy. They attack um, Hangman Page. So they're taking out Hangman Page and the Dark Order make the save. And yeah, just building up that story a little bit more, aren't they? And um, with the Dark Order... So hopefully, Hangman Page is going to be the leader of the Dark Order at some point. Um, so yeah, they just sort of carried that on. Hangman Page versus Matt Hardy. Nice little filler feud going into Revolution. And yeah, the angle was a bit, it was alright. It wasn't great, but it, it was something different. Do you know what I mean? It was fine. And we get an Inner Circle promo, um, basically touching on Sammy Guevara. And the news came out last week. Uh, that Sabi Guevara was meant to go to Impact, but he didn't like creative, so he refused. So there's rumours is the heat on Sammy potentially is the not. We don't actually know. But storyline-wise, Sammy Guevara is quickly in a circle. He wasn't on the show at all tonight. Um, basically, MJF is like, do you think I'm... I said last week on this podcast, if you remember, why? it's just stupid. They've acknowledged that the cameras are there. Um, it and it doesn't make sense that he recorded on the phone. And MJF did. He, him and Jericho. Jericho's got his ears to the ears not to the ground. He'll have known. He replied to a few tweets last week. And he's like, do you think I'm stupid enough to record a message on my phone when the cameras are there? Jericho said that he'd been watching on TV for the last few weeks. Which I do like that they added that. And that it's MJF's. Partially MJF's fault. But Sammy quit. Um, so the majority of it is Sammy's fault. And Sammy Guevara is dead to Chris Jericho. So that was an interesting turn. Um, I wonder when Sammy Guevara will come back. Maybe at Revolution he'll come back. Maybe costing the tag titles. Or who knows which way they'll go with it. Next. Finally. I can say. We had a very, very good women's match. I mean, they're on a roll AEW, aren't they, with the women's matches. We had the Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa match the other week. Which was really good. Um, I feel like we had a match last week. We had, we had Thunder Rosa versus... Um, Layla Hirsch last week, that was really good. So for the third week in a row, we get a really good women's match. This was the best of the lot. Rio, great to see her back. She got a lot, she got a lot of stick off people, didn't she, when she was in AEW? 48 weeks ago, the last time she was in there. She got a lot of stick. But after what we've had to put away from the AEW women's side of things this year, everyone's buzzing to see her back. She worked with Serena Deeb really well. Really well, and this was a really, really good match. Went three and a half stars on it. And um, yeah, it was just, it was smooth. The wrestling was great in it. It was just like, it was like they'd worked together like 20 times before. And I think this might have been the first time they'd met. Maybe I'm wrong. But go and check this match out. Really, really good match. It wouldn't have been out of place. It was better than the TakeOver. Than the TakeOver Io Shirai match. This was better. Go and check this match out if you've not seen it. Be in the top three women's matches in AEW history. Really, really good. Rio gets the win. Um... With a um, cradle. And yeah, just a really, really good match. Really good match. Um, next, we get Orange Cassidy beating Luther. Don't have anything to say on it. I don't know why it was there. It could have been on Dark. Wasn't really much, really. Um, next, we actually finally get something in this whole sting coming out. So Team Taz come out. 
they're short of um, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. So there's just um, Hook and Brain Cage. And they call out Sting. Did they really touch on what happened to Darby Allen? I don't know. I, I can't. God knows. But so basically, they call Sting out. Sting comes out. They like sort of like play with his head. So he drops the bat. Sting attacks him. Eventually, Hook picks up the bat, chokes Sting with it. He gets thrown away. Brain Cage picks up Sting. Hits a power bomb on 62-year-old Sting, who basically got told he can't take any more bumps. It was his first bump since Night of Champions 2015. Coming up to six years ago, he took it was a big I was surprised he let him take a bump, and that shows to me he is going to be. Everyone's like, oh, he's only gonna work cinematic matches. Sting's gonna wrestle. I'm telling you, Sting is gonna wrestle. Might not be often, but he's he's gonna be wrestling. And yeah, he takes a bump from a power bomb. Hopefully, he was all right. It was strange seeing it, but yeah, this angle finally it got going. It got going. We're two weeks out. Two weeks out. Three weeks out from Revolution. Maybe two weeks. Two dynamites we've got left after this. And yeah, this the, the, this feud needed it. The Team Taz versus Sting Darby Allen feud needed it. So yeah, this gets all the heat on them. And Sting takes a power bomb from Brain Cage. So yeah, this was nice. We get. Eddie Kingston's talking backstage, like in an interview, he's talking about you can't get rid of mocks, pills, women and drinking didn't work. And I was just like, I, I didn't really get this. Then we get a really bizarre segment where Kenny Omega is in a school, preschool, reading out a book, reading out the Young Bucks book, actually. And it was just it was a bit strange, talking about how even Chris Jericho brought in loads of business in the Tokyo Dome. And it was just strange. I, I, I don't know. It was interesting. It was different. I was fine with it. Kenny Omega's a very quirky guy, and yeah, this sort of fit, didn't it? He was just making an appearance at a school, which I suppose these people do. I'm not sure if they do it during a global pandemic, but hey, they definitely don't in the UK because schools are shut, but the kids end up beating up Nakazawa, and Kenny Omega, and Don Callis leaves. So yeah, this was an interesting, strange segment. Um, next, the tag team titles are on the line. The Young Bucks take on Santana and Ortiz, and this was good. Didn't get past good. It wasn't probably as good as they could go if they was going all out on a pay-per-view. But as soon as MJF, the whole of the inner circle gets ejected because of MJF. Um, and then they have some good action for about 10 minutes. But the end, I didn't like the end of the match, so I took it down a peg. So basically, Santana and Ortiz powerbomb Matt Jackson into the crowd. So they're just left with Nick in the ring. And Ortiz is stood on the side of the ring. Instead of getting in the ring, he stood there doing his the best, the best. Turns around, cradled. Another cradle, one, two, three loses. They look like I know, like people think the saving face. I think the booking at AW think that losing by a cradle saves face. Yeah, just made them look stupid. I think they'd have lost less by just taking the clean pin myself. Um, but the inner circle attack after the match. The match was fine. It wasn't anything. That, I think people have overrated it slightly. It was good, but that was it. Um, inner circle attack after the match, and they. I don't like this either. They visibly make. The Young Bucks tap. They put Chris Jericho and MJF put them in submission chair and make them tap. And it's just me. Like, come on. Why are you tapping out? It's not a match. You're not stupid. Why are the Young Bucks tapping out? One, it makes them look stupid and weak. Yeah, they didn't need it. Two, I just think it's thick. I hate it when they do this in wrestling. Why are you tapping out? They don't do anything. Tap it. Oh, what? Heal MJF and Chris Jericho are not going to release a submission. In a post-match beatdown because you're tapping out. Just makes them look stupid. I don't like it when this happens in wrestling. But for whatever people... I see it all the time. 
Why would you do it? But they persist on doing it, so hey ho, whatever. Um, backstage, Kenny Omega like is like he's with the Good Brothers watching on the TV, for, backs far away from the camera, tongue in cheek joke at WWE. Um, Don Cal's like, no, Kenny, you don't go. Sends the Good Brothers out. The Good Brothers take an age to come out. Eventually, they come out in the inner circle. Bail. Um, Jericho gets pushed from um, the Young Bucks. I nearly said one of the Bucks dads, but from the Young Bucks dad. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, I've got any notes here. Who the fuck is facing Omega at Revolution? We found out at the end of this show. Did we find out? Did we ever? Um, then we get Cody and Brandy out. They reveal it's a girl. Congratulations to them as a father of, well, not a baby girl, she's five now, but yeah, a lot of fun. Um, I, I don't know, it's great having a little girl, to be fair, so yeah, they're going to have they're gonna have a few tantrums when she's about three, the tantrums will be coming. I always hear about the terrible twos, I, it was fine when she was two, and then it's the tantrums when the three I found, but hey, a life full of Barbies is to come. Um... But yeah, so they come out of this girl. Cody goes on commentary. I'm not really sure why. He just basically announces they're going to do the face of the revolution ladder match um, where the winner will get a TNT title shot. It just it'll get six guys on the pay-per-view. Um, Scorpio Sky is going to be in there. Penta is going to be in there. Hopefully Ray Phoenix gets added and Ray Phoenix wins. Ray Phoenix, as we're going to lose in the main event, is unbelievable. Sorry, Vince. He's unbelievable. The next Rey Mysterio, but better. This guy is incredible. Um, anyway, FTR versus the Side Owls. It was FTR 1 in there. It was a decent match. It was all right. It was just a typical TV match. Um, Mike said I sort of like did like a flip, and he landed awkwardly on the cash's neck, but seemed to be fine. Um, we yeah, FTR get the win. And I was thinking there must be there's probably a reason why Cody Rhodes is on commentary. Not just to plug his match. I just feel like there's something in the works. There's something in the works with that. I feel like in a few months we'll be like, well, Cody was commentating on FTR's match. And because everything AEW nine ninety-five times out of a hundred happens for a reason. Um and then Luchasaurus comes out with Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. They sort of attack FTR. And then we find out next week's list of matches as we always get in the semi-main event segment on Dynamite. Next week we're going to get Hangman Page versus Isaiah Cassidy. Isaiah Cassidy, sorry. And the semi-final of the Women's Eliminator Tournament. Um, we're going to get Ricky Starks and Brian Cage versus the Varsity Blondes. And Jake Hager versus Brandon Cutler. Well, not really the biggest card, but I'm sure they'll announce a big main event during the week. They'll be pushing the uh, Cody Rhodes Shaq match for the week after, won't they? But yeah, they're going to have to announce something big for next week because that card doesn't really do much in terms of like making. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to get you big ratings, big amount of viewers there. Um, we didn't actually touch on the ratings from last week, did we? AEW did like late seven hundreds, I think, and NXT were like around six hundred thousand again, something like that. I should really bad research that. Hey, it's been my little girl's birthday two days ago. It's been a tough week. I don't have. Don't have time. I've not had time this week. That's my excuse. Um, Moxley cuts a promo here, right? Where he's saying he's the only one who cares about Eddie Kingston. So that was interesting. One day we're going to get Eddie Kingston coming out to make a save for John Moxley. In front of the big crowd and they're going to get a big pop. And Eddie Kingston will be babyface. Um, he, interestingly though, he plugs his match with Kent here, yeah? On New Japan Strong on February 26th. On NewJapanWorld.com. So it was interesting. He was plugging. He plugged a show that took place. In, took place. It's already been recorded. It took place in the States. 
yeah, big news that the fact that he's actually plugged where to watch the New Japan show. Really, would you do that if you weren't like in a proper partnership? I'm not sure if you would. Main event time. Um, he, Moxley did also touch that he want he's challenging Omega for the title. Um, Eddie Kingston, Butcher and Blade versus Moxley, Phoenix and Archer. Phoenix and Archer working together were so much fun. I made me want to see them. It was like an unorthodox tag team, but they were great together. It was like, I'd say unorthodox, but there was some really entertaining spots. There was just a really, it was like a house show main event. Some really fun spots. Phoenix, MVP of the match as he's been. He's on a great run at the moment. I'm loving, I'm fa- You go back to the first episode of this podcast, yeah, and I will have been on it going, Ray Phoenix, Give this guy everything. He's amazing. I'm glad it's coming. I'm glad, finally. It's took time. I've been bitching about it on podcasts in the past. Why? What are they doing with Ray Phoenix? The guy is a star. Why is he not being given? But they've took the time. Tony, you've seen the, you've seen it, haven't you? You don't realise how great he is. And, yeah, I'm all, I'd like to see Darby Allen versus Ray Phoenix. Oh, come on. Let's give Ray Phoenix. Let's give Ray Phoenix the win in this ladder match. Add into the ladder match, yeah. Get across the fact he's not with Penta anymore. He can win that ladder match and we can get a Darby Allen versus Ray Phoenix match. That would be... That's main event of Dynamite. That is that is one of your match of the year contenders. Give us Darby Allen versus Ray Phoenix for the TNT title. Oh, I'd love that. That'd be fantastic. Um, so yeah, back to this main event. Um, it ends with Moxley pinning um, Eddie Kingston with a paradigm shift. And yeah, is it the paradigm shift in... I know it's... Oh yeah, it's paradigm shift in AEW and it's... Um, what is it in uh, Death Rider in New Japan? I need to get that right. Um, after the match, the Good Brothers attacked Moxley. And then this was... A lot of people, including myself... Well, not really including myself, so I love Kenny. But a bit like, oh, Kenny, he doesn't like take it serious. Kenny Omega cuts an unbelievable promo. I tweeted about it before. The intensity that he brought to this promo was just great, it was just great, he comes out, so Good Brothers attack Mox, they've got him pinned, like, pinned down or whatever, he's on the microphone, he's, you can tell he's fuming, the time for jokes, and reading stories at school, is done, it's done, this is Kenny Omega, big match Kenny here, he's like saying, basically, blah, 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 He's, he's going to put the title on the line, because to- Tony Khan and Moxley slipped in a rematch clause for the match at winter, is coming, and it's going to be the title, he's going to put, it's strange that he put this on the line, but obviously it's probably because the Good Brothers can interfere. But main event of Revolution, are you ready for this? It's going to be Kenny Omega defending the AEW World Title in an exploding barbed wire death match. I bet Renee Young is sat there watching this like, I'm sorry, what did he just say? Moxley sat there with pregnant bird at home. I'm allowed to say bird on or whatever. With a pregnant wife at home. Are they married? Pregnant girlfriend at home, yeah. He's there. She's there at home. He's, I'm just chilling, aren't I? An exploding barbed wire death match. <laughs> but yeah, the match is going to be crazy. I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of their um, unsanctioned match at Full Gear a few years ago. But maybe, maybe if I rewatch that, I'd like it. I do like this. It's going to be crazy. We've seen the wrestling match, yeah? Didn't get the clean finish. It wouldn't make sense. I didn't like that match at the time. I was like, does it really need, like, a non-sanctioned match? I want to see the wrestling match first. That was my complaints last time. If you rewind, what, 18 months or something to hear me bitching about that. But this time, it makes sense. Moxley 
got screwed out of a title, yeah, so let's have the, the non-sanctioned, the hardcore match, and they've gone all out here. It made me think, hmm, do I stay up to 5am to watch Revolution on a Sunday night? Probably going to on off, Jesus Christ. But yeah, the card for Revolution is just looking great. And can I say, Kenny Omega's promo, the intensity he brought to it, he was just like, he, I can't, I've not got any notes written on it, but... As I said, the intensity of it, talking about the match, talking about what he was going to do to Moxley. And then, after his incredible promo, Moxley chins him, busts up Kenny Omega legit, hard way. Um, and then, the Good Brothers pin Moxley back down. V-Trigger once, V-Trigger twice, a brutal V-Trigger. And yeah, this was just great angle. Great and angle to end the show, and it made me... It turned a... Decent to good dynamite into a very good dynamite. It was a hot angle to end the show. I'm really looking forward to Revolution. The lineup for Revolution is fucking. I've not got any notes for the card, but at the top of my head, we've got main event Kenny Omega defending against John Moxley in an <laughs> exploding barbed wire death match. We've got the six man ladder match, number one contender for the TNT title. We've got Young Bucks defending the titles against MJF and Chris Jericho. Um, we've got Darby Allen and Sting um, versus, is it Ricky Starks and Brian Cage? Four really big matches. We're going to have Hikaru Shida defending the women's title against whoever wins the women's eliminator. We've got Hangman Page versus Matt Hardy. There's six big matches. This is going to be a great. Yeah, I don't have any money on Mitch. Take my money. Take my money. I might use to pay him for pay per views over here because we have the WWE Network and stuff like that. Um, but. I'm asked about paying 20 quid for this revolution pay-per-view. On paper, this card is going to be great. Dynamite are on a roll. Or AW on a roll, sorry. And this was just, again, really good show. And yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, to Revolution. Sunday the 7th of March. They put it back a week, didn't they? But now we're really in full steam ahead. I don't know. I wonder if I missed the match. I'm trying to think. Have I missed the match off that lineup? Not quite sure. Um, but yeah, that was Dynamite, I'd probably give it, would have been a 6.5 out of 10, but I'm going to go 7 out of 10, 7 out of 10 for that show, um, because of that great main event angle, NXT TakeOver, the show we, re we reviewed at the start of the show, I'd go 8.5 eight out of 10 for that, so two really strong shows, um, so yeah, go and check this show out if you've not seen it. NXT, NXT, I did, I only watched the opening segment of NXT, and it looked like Roderick Strong was basically in the middle of, um, I've not seen the main event, I do know at the end of it, Kyle O'Reilly gets beaten down by Adam Cole, that's all I pretty much know, um, but at the start of it, it was Kyle O'Reilly coming out, and he was like wanting to give Adam Cole another chance, or he wanted to give him a chance to explain himself, which never happened because Finn Balor came out, and Roderick Strong came out before that, the main event was Pete Dunne, Oni Lorcan, and um, Birch against, Danny Birch against um, Roderick Strong, Balor, and Adam, and um, O'Reilly, so I've not yet watched that, I don't know if I will, um, it's just a big job, I just can't get into NXT TV, I don't know, there's a lot of matches on it, I'm just like, nah, don't know, I think it doesn't help, it doesn't help, does it, by Dynamite being the same day, if NXT is on a Tuesday night, I'm watching it Wednesday when I finish work, I'll, I'll sit and watch it, yeah, but, do you know what I mean, on a Thursday, when I've watched Dynamite, I'm doing an hour-long podcast, do you know what I mean, I'm working that day, Real life gets in the way, doesn't it? So it's like, where's time for NXT? Yeah, I could watch it over the weekend, but we've got SmackDown on Friday, Bloodsport, New Japan, 
Progress, Elimination Chamber, Cardiff versus Preston, Liverpool versus Everton, Wolves versus Leeds, got my little girl Friday night, it's just like, where am I going to squeeze in NXT, but um, yeah, so I think that's going to bring the show to an end, we've almost gone an hour, um, I actually thought, that, I didn't think I actually had that much to talk about this week, but we've gone longer than we do most weeks, just I'm just trying to work with the format, play with the format till we get, I'd say I'm new to, really, I've only been doing solo podcasts, really, probably done like, what, 15, 20 solo podcasts, so it takes a while to find your groove, to find like, do you know what I mean, the, like the layout of the show, I personally prefer podcasts that go about two hours, yeah, but it's just like, I'm trying to work up to that. Do you know what I mean? Hopefully that's the way. My aim for the show is for it to be two hours one day, but I also have like the paranoia of, oh, does someone want to listen to one guy talk for two hours? I would actually like to have someone's podcast with. I mean, there's obviously there's like Tebs, but he's busy with his own podcast. Danny, I'm not sure if he wants to podcast anymore. Neil, I always try and persuade, but I don't know. I don't think Neil's interested in it. So if anyone's looking to come on the podcast, yeah, I'm a nice guy. Mate, mate. Believe what you want on this podcast. I'm a nice guy, yeah. So just drop me a DM or whatever. Jared, if you want to come on the show, that is fine. But you've probably not got to an hour in. If you've got to an hour in, you've heard that, then great news. Um, but yeah, so I will be back. I might do a show on Saturday. Um, I am recording shows for something else at the moment that I've got in the works. So mm, I'll talk about that another time. But um, I might. I will definitely be doing an Elimination Chamber um review on either monday or tuesday next week um so yeah we'll be back with that um and yeah hopefully elimination chamber is a good show there's a big weekend of wrestling um so yeah so look out in your feeds there might i might there might be a random show dropping your feed saturday evening after the progress show we will see if not though enjoy your weekend everyone i hope you've enjoyed the show subscribe to us um on youtube i say it couldn't be live at the moment until youtube sort the shit out i'm not gonna be able to record live um so yeah, find us on YouTube, just search WWE versus AEW Podcast, the links are in the show notes below, Twitter is at WWE versus AEW, um, and yeah, Patreon, I need to change the Patreon to WWE versus AEW or to Daniel Ball, but the Patreon, if you want to support us, is www.patreon.com forward slash neutral wrestling, that used to be the name we went with on the podcast, but yeah, um thanks everyone for listening and um, i appreciate everyone's support as we approach 19,000 19,000 followers on twitter madness madness we'll be back next week to talk about elimination chamber and everything that is going on in the wrestling world just want to say thanks for listening see you next week see you later everyone as i click end broadcast